재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Bringing you stimulating discussions on current affairs Discover the best of news and current affairs Primetime on TBS EFM 6.0 in 1980, uh, causing immense damage in the Apennine Mountains, displacing about uh, 15,000 residents. So needless to say, a lot of concerns over the recent uh, developments, and we're going to get some uh, scientific analysis on this. Very pleased to have joining us from the Open University, uh, Planetary Geosciences Professor David Rothery. Hello. Hello, Henry. Well, uh, Professor, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate it. Uh, for people who are not seismologists or uh, uh, geoscientists, um, can, is there an explanation as to why there were these multiple earthquakes in such a short period of time? It's not so easy to explain why they've, they've happened this summer, but we know why that region is prone to earthquakes. It's a very complicated situation. Africa is converging onto Europe the mountains in Italy have been thrust upwards, and because they're high mountains up the spine of Italy, they're spreading sideways. And, and the current suite of earthquakes are where the crust is, is subsiding to east and west, or moving to east and west and dropping down slightly. And every time a block moves, you get an earthquake. And if it moves by a metre or two in one go, you get a big earthquake, say magnitude six or five. Uh, often when people follow the news and, and you hear about a, a major seismic event, uh, an earthquake in some region, and the ensuing aftershocks is what a lot of people focus on, obviously because of the uh, damage that's been done and uh, the fear that more subsequent quakes uh, will occur. Uh, d- we we don't often talk about four shocks, but uh, the previous quakes, including the the one in August, which was quite deadly, is it possible that they were four shocks to the six point six magnitude quake on Sunday, or are these two unrelated seismic events? No, they're not unrelated, and they definitely were four shocks. But it's a simple matter of definition. Mm. If you have um, smaller earthquakes followed by a larger earthquake in the same region, then they were four shocks. If you have smaller earthquakes after the biggest earthquake, they're aftershocks. That's just how we define foreshocks and aftershocks. Now, all these quakes are related. I'm, I'm looking at the current map here. There's a, there's a, if you look at a map of Italy showing where the epicenters of the earthquakes were, there's a very, very strong concentration. It's about 70 kilometers from north to south and 30 kilometers from east to west. All the earthquakes plotting on top of each other, they're all related Usually when earthquakes kick off in an area, you get one big earthquake and a series of progressively smaller aftershocks afterwards. That's not happened this time. We've had about four earthquakes exceeding magnitude 6, the biggest of which um, was on the 30th of October, so that's the most recent big earthquake. So at the moment, that is the main shock, and the others before it have been four shocks, Mm. and the smaller earthquakes since have been aftershocks. There have been 17 earthquakes greater than magnitude 
three in the past 24 hours, I've just checked. We recently had an earthquake here in South Korea centered near the uh, southern city of Gyeongju, and there's been uh, subsequent aftershocks to that. And a lot of people here in Korea who aren't used to these kind of events have been wondering how long these aftershocks last. Is that a, a variable phenomenon in terms of the uh, the length of time aftershocks keep occurring? Um, yes, absolutely. It, it varies. And also it depends on how small an aftershock you're prepared to measure. Do you mean an aftershock that people will feel while they're sitting down eating their dinner? Mm. Or is it just an aftershock that only an instrument can detect? Because earthquakes get smaller and smaller and smaller, usually, as the activity fades away. And it also depends on, on how deep the seat of the earthquake is. Now, the, the earthquake in Korea that you refer to was unusually shallow for Korea. It was between 10 and 20 kilometers deep, which is shallow. Mm. These Italian earthquakes are about 10 kilometers deep. Most earthquakes in Korea are much deeper than that, and, and, and you don't feel them so often. Right. I, 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 are people still feeling earthquakes in, in southeast Korea? I'd be surprised if they are. Not in recent days, no. Yeah. Uh, one thing, uh, Korea is not uh, a place typically associated with earthquakes. I'm personally uh, from California, and I have relatives in Japan, so <laughs> I definitely know uh, what it feels like to be in the midst of a major quake. Uh, how is Italy compared to those type of earthquake-prone regions uh, in comparison to the other uh, nations in Europe? Italy is one of the most earthquake-prone nations in Europe. I mean, Greece and, and all the countries between Italy and Greece are prone to earthquakes, and the earthquake belt stretches into Turkey and further east in, into Asia. It's a much more complicated situation than either California or Japan. In California, you've got the coastal region of California is sliding northwest relative to the main continent of North America, and you've got sideways movement on the famous San Andreas Fault. Relatively simple situation. In Japan, you have the floor of the Pacific Ocean being pushed below Japan, and that's what causes the biggest earthquakes and the volcanoes. And what you see in Korea is, is really the distant effects of that plate tectonic collision, and most of the earthquake activity is very deep below Korea. Your recent one at a shallow depth is unusual. But both of those situations are much simpler than the Italian situation, where we've got, we've got a real mess of faults very complicated situation in the collision zone between Africa and Europe. It's very, very hard to, to model what's mm. going on there, which is why when the, these earthquakes began, it wasn't apparent that we would see a series continuing for two or three months of magnitude six earthquakes. That's quite unusual. And we don't know if it's over yet. Certainly, if the aftershocks of magnitude three are still going on, we can't rule out another magnitude six earthquake next week or next month. Now, uh, aside from the earthquakes, there have been some scientists that have uh, raised a possibility that Rome uh, might be at risk of a, a dormant volcano once again uh, re- erupting because it is slowly reactivating. Is this, is this a, a feasible argument? It is feasible, but I do not relate it at all to this series of earthquakes. Okay, okay. These earthquakes are not going to set up a volcanic eruption. The story with the volcano near Rome, it's called the Colli Albani, the Alban Hills. Um, It is a volcanic complex. It has erupted several times at intervals of about 30,000 years. The last time was 36,000 years ago, so it's kind of overdue, but they don't go off like clockwork. Mm. 
Um, magma is likely to be being generated deep in the Earth's crust or, or below the Earth's crust as a result of this collision, and it's collecting. There are some signs from um, satellites that use radar to measure the deformation of the ground. There are some signs that the, the magma is pushing the ground up slightly in the Colle Albani area. There could be an eruption on the way. Even the experts are saying maybe not for a thousand years. It's not imminent and it won't be triggered by the earthquakes which are being recorded this summer. Right, and um, if we can't necessarily uh, predict uh, an event like the uh, volcano reactivating, as far as the earthquakes are concerned, and I understand it is quite difficult to accurately predict this, uh, but you did mention how if we keep having these 3.0 magnitude aftershocks, uh, it doesn't preclude the possibility of another 6.0, 7.0 magnitude quake. Is uh, I know here in Korea the concerns have been that, well, the buildings aren't really up to code because it hasn't necessarily been a national priority to make sure that buildings and structures are safe here. Uh, Japan and uh, California, once again, of, of course, uh, this is a frequent phenomenon and do try to uh, mitigate that type of damage. Um, I, I understand in Italy there's a lot of ancient villages and, of course, uh, these um, structures were built uh, way before anything like earthquake code uh, became a concept. Is Italy prepared, you feel, if there was something major that would occur in a more populated center? Well, there are seismic building codes in Italy Modern buildings are meant to be built to modern safety standards. I'm not in a position to say how stringently those rules are adhered to. In many countries in the world, when you have an earthquake, it's the schools that fall down because they've been built at the public expense and somebody's been trying to save money. But we do know how to stop schools collapsing. Going to the ancient villages in Italy, well, they have survived for hundreds of years without being knocked down by Mm. an earthquake. Uh, if, an, if an earthquake strikes nearby, a lot of buildings will be damaged, but it's a matter of making a sort of cost-benefit analysis. What risk are you prepared to take? Uh, do, if, if a building is going to stand up for a thousand years before there's likely to be an earthquake big enough and near enough to make it fall down, is that a risk that you take, or do you add 50% onto the cost of construction? Now, people didn't have that choice a thousand years ago. Right. Today, we do have that choice, and... Uh, you have to make a decision. Do you spend the extra money to mitigate against a small risk? Yeah. Uh, it's a so, difficult choice. Right. Uh, that's why actuaries at um, insurance companies uh, get paid the money <laughs> that they do. Uh, th- when we see all of this, and obviously these are small sample sizes, and you nece- you, 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 uh, people can make the mistake of correlation versus causation, but is it? Safe to say that no country is safe from a major quake, even even a country like Great Britain? Uh, well, uh, we haven't had a magnitude 6 earthquake. We've had a few magnitude 5 earthquakes. No country is completely safe. Some parts of the world are much, much safer than others. Korea is much safer than, uh, than Japan. Mm-hmm. If you go to the middle of uh, Siberia, the flat area, a long way from plate boundaries, you're probably even safer than you would be in Korea. Uh, but nowhere is completely free of earthquake risk, but some places the risk of earthquakes is so tiny that there are much much more important risks to worry about sure. than earthquakes. Right. All right, uh, we're going to leave it there. Professor Rothery, thank you so much for your time. really appreciate it. Happy to talk to you.